The Pro Plus Capo is the first Dario offering to feature FlexFit technology, a naturally responsive silicone formula that mimics the action of a human finger fretting a string. With the Dario Pro Plus Capo, every string rings clear, clean, and in tune. Keys for from your guitar and hanging out in my house in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm joined by another Tennessean today, Bones. Bones Owens, how are you doing? Hey man, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, this is just ahead of your uh, self-titled debut with 30 Tigers coming out. Uh, so I guess I'll give you a preemptive congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it comes out in like a month. So. Right on, man. Well, let's just dig in. And you are an active user, obviously on Instagram. So we've seen all your gear. We'll get the stories behind it today, but you are a big time hashtag user of Gibson Sunday, and so you're you're kind of Gibson all the time, all the day. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, you know, yeah, my first electric guitar was actually a Strat, um, but um, I don't own a I don't actually own a single Fender electric right now. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but you know, um, they're wrong for me, I guess. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good launching off point because you've been an active, you know, career musician for decades now and played with all sorts of artists and styles and genres. But what speaks to you with the Gibsons and, you know, the humbuckers that come with them? Yeah, it's just, um, you know, um, it's the sound and, and it's, uh, uh, I mean, first it has to be the sound, right? But then additionally, um, you know, just the, just the vibe and, I mean, Every, everything about them just works for me. I mean, um, some of the funky body styles that we'll kind of get into, you know, here in a bit, um, I just enjoy, you know, I'm kind of a big guy. So um, I, I thought I might say this at some point in the thing, but part, <laughs> I mean, part of Gibson guitars that works for me is that they make some large body guitars and I'm a large guy and it just feels, it feels right. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm playing a, you know, sometimes I pick up a telly or something and I just feel like, you know, I'm playing like, a, you know, a mandolin or something like that. So, <laughs> Well, right on. And often associated, you have all the, you know, Les Pauls that he's talked about, alluded to the Firebirds, we'll see, I'm sure, is you're a big proponent of the ES guitars, 355s, uh, you know, specifically, but you have them all. What about this one that you're yeah. holding on to today? Um, this one is, this one's pretty special, man. This one was like my has been my main tour guitar for the last few years now. And, um, you know, this is a, interestingly enough, man, this guitar, this is not its first go around on a rig rundown. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> this particular guitar belonged, uh, I didn't get it from him. I got it from someone else, but, um, and I, and I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry. But, um, um, but anyway, uh, it belonged to, um, the, one of the guys from uh, Guster, I believe. Okay. And uh, so anyway, I've seen this 
guitar and when I went to purchase it the guy was like here's a video of the guitar and sent me like a rig rundown <laughs> where he was going through uh the you know um the stuff that had been done to this guitar but um yeah you know it's uh Gibson's been making the the 355s um you know since the late 50s um and uh this particular one is um I think a 2003 so, you know, they've made a lot more in recent years. They kind of did a did a several runs of them around 2015 to 2018 maybe. I mean, they still make they still make them now, but this one, um, you know, it's just been lived in a little bit more and I and I just dig it and uh they don't happen to make one that that has this finish. It's kind of a I'm not really a flame top guy, but something about this one just uh it works for me with the tobacco burst and all that and uh yeah, and a lot of the electronics and things, as you can see, have been have been replaced as well. Yeah, I was going to ask, what have you done to it since you've gotten it and made it your guitar? Have you done anything with the pickups or wiring? Um, no, I haven't. I actually haven't haven't done anything. I, I try not to even change the strings if I don't really have to. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, um, it came to me with Lawler pickups. It's got a Lawler, I believe it's an Overwound Imperial in the bridge. And it's got like the Charlie Christian, um, you know, P90, but it's like a humbucker uh, route or whatever that, that Lawler does in the okay. neck. Um, yeah. Well, do you want to maybe so. show, show us and maybe demonstrate like what you dig about the tarts uh, sonically, you know, w how you use it and, you know, what kind of setups you use it with in terms of like pickup selection? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, I mean, this one for me, to be completely honest, I like the neck pickup on this guitar, but it is, um, it's mostly just been kind of a straightforward, you know, you know, bridge when, when I'm playing my own shows is pretty much a bridge pickup, just, you know, sort of Swiss army knife kind of guitar for me. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. I like about these. I mean, for a while before I, before I was playing the uh, the 355s, um, I was playing fully hollow guitars for a little bit, and the more that I was using fuzzes and you know things like that, the less I could really get away with using the the full hollow. So you know I like these that you still get a little bit of that vibe, you know, but uh, but you can you can crank some fuzz um, with them, you know. So. Um, the um i like the neck pickup I, I like that charlie christian quite a bit i use it some in the studio but like i said live i kind of you know it's just me and a drummer so you know i try not to get too i can't really get too um i don't know i could use the neck pickup i guess <laughs> but i i don't i don't use i i just kind of uh it's it's silly of me to say that i that i that I'm, it's straightforward because when we get to my pedals and amps and everything, you'll see that it's far from straightforward. But like, anyway, it's just me kind of steering the ship, right? So like, I just feel like it's, you know, um, 
I don't get to be that kind of moody, dark pickup guitar solo guy or whatever. I'm kind of like covering sort of bass territory and guitar territory at the same time. And I, I tend to just kind of stay on the bridge pickup when I'm doing that. So, Gotcha. You mentioned that you uh, don't change strings very much and you prefer not to, but what strings do you yeah. have or do you uh, gauge-wise and brand? You know, I used to go super heavy um, uh, on like 335 style guitars. Um, I was using like 12s and uh, I'm, I'm on most, and then 11s and I'm mostly on 10s now. Um, in fact, I, uh, in fact, I, I don't actually know what's on this guitar. That's how little I change the strings. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, um, whatever I'm endorsed by Ernie Ball. So, so I, you know, I play Ernie Ball strings. I always kind of have, but, um, you know, I'm probably their favorite kind of guy, uh, to endorse, right? I only ask for strings like once every two years or something like that. You know, <laughs> I'm like, can you send me like 10 more packs, you know, for all my guitars for the next two years is it like a, a sound thing or is it a feel thing that you like the older deader strings um yeah it's it's that it's that i mean trust me when they get like super crusty i don't you know then then it's time but uh i'm not like one of those dudes who gets crazy sweaty and sweats all over my guitar every night i just I'm just not a sweaty dude. <laughs> so, so it takes a while, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I used to have like a tech or whatever who, you know, would change my string while I was playing guitar for some other people and he would change my strings regularly. And, um, while I appreciated that, I found myself not really liking the way that the guitars felt and sounded and, um, I just felt like they, you know, I could never get them to stay in tune. And I just feel like, you know, when strings have lived on a guitar for a while, everything, there's, there's a bit of a, you know, they, they've kind of got their place in the whole mix. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about this uh, instrument or should we move on to a new friend? Yeah, no, we can move on. All for right, sure. cool. Let's see here. While we're on this, uh, you know, this kind of zone here. Um, this is another 355. I haven't had this one as long, um, but, um, but I like it a lot. In fact, this one's kind of becoming my, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say it's my main guitar, but it has been for, for like quarantine anyway. It's been my go-to. I can't say I've ever really seen, or I haven't seen too many out in the wild, three pickup 355s. That's kind of more of a Black Beauty thing. Right. Yeah, it is actually the sticker inside. I think uh, says Black Beauty. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a short run they did of them. I think this is only a couple years old, 2018. Um, and this one, this one I picked up here in town at um, at Rumble Seat. Okay. And uh, and yeah, I dig it a lot, man. I. Uh, it's it's been relicked. It's been it's been aged by um, the I believe Rock and Roll Relics did this one, um, and um, the pickups have been changed out as well um, by a, a company called Monty's from London. Huh. So um, they do a pretty good PAF. You know, it's. Um, I believe, I mean, their, their story is they're kind of, you know, their workshop or whatever has worked on a lot of original 
um, less, you know, original Les Paul standards and things like that with PAFs. And so they've, they've repaired and rewound and fixed a bunch, a bunch of original PAFs. And so, um, yeah, these are pretty great. It's definitely different, um, from, from the, uh, sunburst guitar I just showed you, you know, the, the overwound lollers are, um, pretty bitey you know it's yeah. good for rock and roll stuff and it's and it's nice and chunky you know these are these are a little more open and articulate and less um you know less less crunchy i would say oh yeah you want to yeah let's hear how she sounds yeah um yeah I'll, I'll show you how it sounds um like about the three pickups versus you know the standard kind of bridge neck setup you know this one is actually set up i've i i love three pickup guitars i mean um i have to admit most of it is for the the look <laughs> um <laughs> you know i mean who doesn't love the look of uh more right i guess it's <laughs> it's just more uh it kind of feels like a cadillac you know but um i've had several sg you know, SG customs with, with three pickups and, um, and they've been, you know, I've had, I've, I've had them, I've had them that were wired up very differently. Right. So this, uh, I've had some with like, uh, the, the, what's normally the three-way toggle actually clicks all the way around in different, in six different positions or something like that. Kind of strange. This one, this one is a normal three-way, um, a, a global tone and a couple volumes and then it, and then it actually has a uh like a blend knob where All you right. can kind of where you can kind of blend i'll show you there's a few different ways you can kind of go about it but basically this is like um the way this would be like bridge pickup and then you can blend in in the middle pickup uh, so it does that kind of out of out of phase thing, you know, Peter Green thing. Really thin, which is cool, you know, for And then you can blend in the blend in the neck pickup. So yeah. Definitely makes it versatile for the studio. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's um, especially I don't have any. I don't think I have any other guitars right now that do the, um, you know, that do the out of phase thing. So this guitar is good for that. And one other thing I was going to kind of say about this guitar too is, you know, I mentioned earlier that it's been relicked, and I really kind of had an aversion to that for like. A long time actually for for years to you know guitars that have been aged and whatnot and um i just didn't really like it and then um uh this wasn't the first one that i got that i liked maybe but um i played a couple and and i've got a les paul that i'll show in a minute as well that uh that's that's been murphy aged and Anyway, it's, you know, the, the look of it's cool, but, but I just mostly like the, the feel, you know, and the, 
Um, everything about the neck and about the binding and even the frets and everything that's kind of been done to this guitar just feels, you know, it feels lived in and it feels like a like an older guitar, which is cool. Should we uh, meet this Les Paul you're talking about? Yeah, so this is, uh, I actually don't remember what year this is, but, you know, sometime in the last, this may be a 15 or 16. Um, and this is some limited um, run that they did, that Gibson did. Um, I think this is like one of 25 that they did, um, like a Vic Dupre, um, you know, run that, that Gibson was doing of guitars, Beauty of the Burst or something like that based on, based on kind of known or, you know, Sunburst Les Pauls. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I should say, I mentioned earlier, my first ever electric guitar was, um, was a Strat. And then my second was, was a Les Paul. It didn't take me long to really um, realize that the Strat just wasn't cutting it for me or for what I, what I liked. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the two Jimmies were my go-to influence at the time that I started playing electric guitar. So I got the Strat for Hendrix and then I needed a Les Paul, you know, yeah. for Paige. So, um, and interestingly enough, man, I've just kind of, honestly, this is a really, really nice Les Paul, nicer than I need because I'm not really a Les Paul guy anymore. You know, I'm really, you mentioned <laughs> the ESs and the Firebirds and flying V's and other things like that. And, and, um, uh, you know, I, I still believe that, you know, that the Les Paul is the best electric guitar ever designed or ever made, but, um, I've just kind of strayed away from Les Paul's in general, but, but this one is just so good. I traded like two really nice guitars to get this guitar and, uh, it's just great, man. And, and also anything with a Bigsby is cool in my book. So, <laughs> <laughs> right on uh, yeah but um i should show you man like the neck actually i was saying earlier about not using the neck pickup a whole lot uh i primarily probably use the neck pickup on this guitar um, It's a full sounding guitar, especially in that neck position. You know, I know it's coming yeah. through zoom and it's getting compressed, but it sounds full and warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some. I think these are just the original, you know, uh, custom buckers or whatever. But uh, you know, honestly, I've I've had, I had another R9. Um, this is a this is a R9. I had another '59 reissue. That was a, an amazing guitar, um, and. Uh, and it had custom buckers and i put throwbacks in it i put the peter green throwbacks in it and uh i liked them um and then i went to sell it and i put the custom buckers back in and i was like man these are actually were really good you know <laughs> and uh so i don't know i i think gibson is making um you know i think they're making some of the best pickups right now that they've made in you know decades honestly um so I'm sure there's about, you know, 
a hundred thousand people in the guitar community that might disagree with me, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> hopefully not that many, but you know, yeah, there's always some, but, uh, I think they're pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're talking to you and that, you know, right now the only opinion that matters is yours. So that's, that's all that matters. That's right. I can get on my soapbox here and say what I want. <laughs> and then everyone else can say what they want in the comments. And I'm sure they will. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Um, let me show you one more Les Paul since I'm not a Les Paul guy here. Yeah. Uh, real quick. I just wanted to show this one real quick because it's uh, it's just an odd one. Yeah, absolutely odd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, uh, I believe a, you know, 72 um, Les Paul recording. I've owned it for several years. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, these originally had, you know, the two kind of diagonal, oversized, single coil, um, just odd, you know, yeah. uh, pickups. They're cool looking, but they really sound that good. And um, and anyway, someone took this. I purchased this at a shop in, uh, in St. Louis. I'm originally from Missouri. So I purchased this at a shop in St. Louis called J Gravity, um, <laughs> tiny shop kind of in the uh shadows of like the arch kind of downtown st louis and uh yeah um i saw it i was back home visiting i saw it on on online on their website um and uh i was like man that thing looks wild yeah it does <laughs> it looks it looks wild someone you know went through and gave it the ace freely treatment back in the day and uh and um you know, these things had all kinds of, uh, they always had this, this big panel here. And, uh, you know, there, there was, I don't even remember what the original ones did, but they had some bunch of switches, maybe built-in effects or something. Anyway, this one, someone put three DiMarzio Super Distortions in it, and they had to create this, um, you know, like breastplate sort of looking, um, you know, pick guard situation to attach all these pickups to after the crazy <laughs> routing, crazy routing job that they did in the middle of the guitar. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, they uh, pulled the electronics out and, and it's got in typical probably late seventies, early eighties fashion or whatever. It's, it's got uh, two coil taps for the, the, ne the neck and the bridge. And then it's got a kill switch for each, you know, each individual pickup. Um, man, so, yeah, so it's pretty wild, but you know, I'm, um, I'm, this guitar is the antithesis of really everything else that I, that I have. And <laughs> it's just been a, but it's been a cool guitar and it's, and it's sentimental. And I walked in the shop that day and, uh, the price tag, hey, it was already pretty cheap because of how, you know, Frankenstein out it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, I walked in the shop that day and, uh, and um, the price tag on the guitar was like $500 cheaper than the price I was already interested in when I saw it online. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll have it, you know. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then they pulled out like an original, like the original case for it, too. And I was like, wow, this is I probably paid what the case is worth for the whole guitar. But um, but it's it's wild. I mean, I, I've used it in the studio I used it, um, you know, I'm not really a session guy, but I do some sessions and, uh, and, and I use this one for, for a session for, uh, 
like a Carrie Underwood Ludacris song. Oh wow! <laughs> um, that that was used for like the Olympics a few years ago, and uh, like the Super Bowl or something. And uh, it's just got that, um, you know. I mean, it's it's super distortions, right? I, yeah. I just it was a song where I was just kind of soloing over the whole thing, and uh, and it's got a real, you know, it's got a fast neck and with the huge volute, and all the rest of my guitars are. Are, are big necks because I prefer that. But th so this guitar just kind of, you know, it does a does a thing. Let, let me see. Here. <laughs> yeah, the kill switch is fun. Man, so, yeah. the only thing you're missing is a big cloud of smoke coming out of that thing like Ace used to have. The smoke and the fireworks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one kind of looks like someone might have tried that back in the day, honestly. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's fun, man, you know. And uh, anyway, I thought it was interesting enough. Uh, it, this one gathers quite a bit of, of dust in my studio, but it's it's definitely one of the more odd guitars that I have. So Yeah, I'm there glad you that you brought it out. Definitely worth the camera time. Yeah, I've got a few more if, we, if we've got time. Yeah, let's breeze okay. through them. And as you go through these bones, what... And if you can remember any of these that we've already talked about or any that we're going to talk about uh, used for the recording of the new record that's coming out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see, you know. Um, at the time that I made that record, I had, I actually had a lot more 355s than I have now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I'm down to two. I think I had five or six and I was... Wow. You know, I had determined a few years ago that that was like my go-to guitar. And, um, and so, so yeah, I, um, I, I was just collecting them in like every sort of rare-ish color that Gibson was making them in. I had like a white one and I had a walnut one and I had a, um, one that was like this olive drab, like, you know, green color, army green color and, uh. I had a I had a bunch, yeah. So the record is like mostly three fifty fives, and um, a little a little bit of some you know the the Firebird thing, which here we are um, on the the Firebirds. But uh, but yeah, uh, this guitar obviously saw some saw some use as well. I've I've had this guitar for years, and uh, and uh, I've watched some other rig rundowns. Um, and uh, seen, you know, some some guys who kind of na name um, all of their guitars, and uh, I'm not really uh, much on naming them, but I name them every once in a while when there's like an obvious this guitar needs a name. And yeah. uh, so this guitar got a name because it had a story as well. But uh, this guitar is named Ashtray, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I bought this guitar at a truck stop in Alabama off of a off of a guy with a pistol on his hip, and uh, and uh, it came without a case, and it smelled like a, it smelled like it had been laying in a you know a house or a trailer or something with not in a case while people chain smoke cigarettes basically. So <laughs> it took a long time to get the smell out of the guitar, and uh, it might. It's still got a little something, you know, but uh, anyway, it's a, it's an interesting guitar, man. The, I got it, the bottom, the bottom, this whole bottom part of the guitar, I'll, I'll try to take a photo that documents that, but uh, where you can see it, but um, it had been broken off 
and someone had epoxied it back onto the guitar. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's seen, all, all the rest of this is kind of from, from me. Uh, I use this guitar a lot whenever I was, I played guitar for a guy named Yellow Wolf, and I use this guitar a lot with him, and um, all over the world, and, and on some, you know, late night gigs, and that type of stuff, so this guitar has been around a lot. Um, do you prefer the reverse or non-reverse, or is it kind of just whatever guitar you kind of get your hands on when it comes to the Firebirds? <clears throat> I definitely prefer the non-reverse. Yeah, that's worth worth noting. Um, I just the way that they sit and the way they feel on my on my bod, <laughs> uh, you know, just it just works, you know, for me. And and something about the you know the the reverse Firebirds notoriously being kind of you know, neck heavy. Yeah. Um, I feel like these are a little better balance maybe. Um, so, and, and then obviously, uh, like I said before, I'm a big guy and the scale of these things, you know, the, just the, the length of them. I mean, this one came without, without a case, like I said. So I had to get a, um, I had to actually get a, um, a bass guitar case to use, you know, when I was touring with this thing, because I couldn't find another non-reverse Gibson case for it, and uh, any other guitar case was too short. So they're just nice and long, you know, and, and it feels it feels substantial. This guitar's got a lot of just, it's just got a lot of resonance. Uh, this one's in open G as well, I guess. Um, I forgot that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I noticed that right away when I got this one. It's resonant, and... Uh, and uh and it's a cool finish too this is a this would be a, you know gibson custom shop um mid 2000s i think somewhere between 2003 and 2010 i can't remember based on the serial number what that means but uh anyway i like these i like these a lot and this is a this is called tv white which is kind of a cool finish this sort of sold me on it i wonder how much of that's gotten changed through the cigarette smoke that you said that was came with it yeah it's about somewhere between tv white and tv yellow at this point <laughs> probably from the from the palm malls uh or whatever they were uh smoking <laughs> you know but uh, but yeah it's cool man and you know i it, obviously a little bit of a different a different sound um yeah, you let's know, hear with it. these things um let's see Also, the switch is broken on this one, so if I play the neck pickup, I have to hold it in place, which is kind of a thing I got used to doing. <laughs> but I like the neck pickups on these. But it's you know it's kind of a it's kind of like a like an angry telly thing, uh, you know. I think the pickups in these are um, so. Um, yeah, so much so, just kind of like the three fifty fives. I, I got two of these because I because I just uh, uh, I like them a lot. So I just <laughs> so I I have another one that I don't really need to show probably for the sake of time. But uh, I'll I'll put a I'll, I'll send a picture of it. But it's like a uh, it's a it's a gold sparkle. Um, I got it from my buddy Jimmy Wallace down in in Texas and. Uh, and it's just beautiful. And I saw it, and I drooled over it for like a year, and then uh, and then I went and got it from him last year. But um, 
yeah, yeah, these things are these things are cool. I would say, I would say my go-to three guitars that I really use. I know I I busted some Les Pauls out today, um, but you know the three fifty fives, the non-reverse Firebirds, and the uh, the Flying V's. And I should show you Flying V real yeah, quick. Yeah, you should well while we're here. Okay. Because uh, yeah, the newest video you just put out, Good Day, the the Flying V made an appearance along with a huge stack of custom amps. Yeah, man. Yeah, I caught a little flack from some dudes for uh, pushing those amps over, you know. Spoiler alert for anybody that is yet to watch the video. Those were real heads, real amps. Those weren't like props. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they were props, but they were real props, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that... Uh, you know, I love those amps. It's no, it's no disrespect to custom amps. I think they, they, uh, they're cool. You know, I like them. But yeah. uh, I bought a ton. I bought a ton of them. They're just off to the, off to the out of the shot here a little bit off to the side. But I bought like, I bought like fifteen stacks off of uh, off of a dude, beginning of pandemic kind of thing, and uh, just bought a bought a collection of them. <laughs> Are they all and, working? Uh, Do they all work or are some in different like levels of disrepair? Well, after the video, I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say before the video, you know, before the video, probably half of them were working. But uh, now maybe two or three, you know, it's hard to say. But uh, it's fine. I really bought them as props anyway. I mean, uh, before anybody got too mad, they should know like, you know. I got a I got a decent deal on them, so don't don't be too upset. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I didn't. I wouldn't push over a wall like a ten thousand dollar wall of amps. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, uh, maybe you know, but not right now. Well, what's this flying V? This one is a beautiful specimen. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. And this is uh, this is this is made by a banker a guy named Matt Hughes um, down in uh, Georgia, and. Uh, yeah, man, this is a real, you know, Karina uh, Flying V, you know, and he's he's one of the builders, one of the few builders who's licensed by Gibson to be making, you know, guitars in 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 their original shapes and designs and things like that. And, uh, you know, he's just he's doing really great work. And he's he's uh, there's some there's some other cool guys that are playing his guitars, too. But uh just a great, a great um, guy who's making great guitars right now, and 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 he's making them in the way that they were meant to be made. You know, he's making them by hand, and um, you know, he's getting the the original '58 style neck joint and other things like that. You know, getting it right, and and using using all the right all the right stuff. I so. I assume with those that list of ingredients you already went over, I assume that those are PAFs then. Yeah, these are uh, these are Ox fours. Okay. These are the there, there's options that you can get from from him. He offers a few different things, but these are these are Ox four uh, Hot Dwaynes. <laughs> I love that name. Uh, so um, yeah, they're they're cool, man. I dig them. Um, and he's and 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 Matt's been great too. He actually, when I got this guitar, the the neck was just too. It was just too big um, for me. Um, even though I have big hands, I I just didn't I didn't vibe with it. And uh, I hit him up, and and he was um, he was he was very cool about reshaping the neck for me. So um, so he he based the I, I actually dropped it off with him, and he reshaped it. Um, 
and uh, hand delivered it back to me here in Nashville. Um, I think he w- he's buddies with Marcus King. He was helping Marcus um, with the move into his house or something like that. And so he was in town and he brought the guitar back and, uh, he had delivered it to me just before Christmas. And the next awesome, he based it on, a the carve of like a, a 59, um, you know, Les Paul that he had, uh, taken measurements off of at one point or another. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a smoking. Yeah. Cool, let's hear it, cool man. If you, if you don't mind playing a little yeah. bit, just to kind of give us a taste test. Yeah, of course, man. right there yeah that's exactly what it is man you know and uh um, i feel very fortunate to have one of uh one of his guitars man i I really i can't say enough good things about i think what he's what he's doing and i've seen his his shop and stuff and you know he's just just a one-man operation making these things by hand and uh so pretty cool well right on should we have you maybe put on one of your favorite uh 355s and we can start talking amps and uh your pedal board Absolutely. Cool, man. And maybe this is a good point. I don't want to, you know, go too far in your past, but I know at one point you had lived above an antique store. And I'm curious if that has like transferred to your gear lust, because as we see in your basement here, you have a lot of amps and you have a lot of guitars. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm like a hoarder, you know, um, <laughs> we touched on that earlier briefly, but, uh, yeah, so there's a couple things, man. Interestingly, uh, enough, yes, as a, as a child, um, my dad bought a, or my parents bought a, an antique shop. Um, this is back in small town, um, rural Missouri where I'm from, um, there was an old Victorian house kind of near the square area that they bought. And, uh, and my mom ran an antique shop out of the, I think there was like, it was like a 14 bedroom house or something. And my mom ran an antique shop out of the downstairs and the upstairs was, uh, where we lived. And so I kind of grew up for a few years around a lot of old things. And, uh, and my dad is a collector in his own way. He he, he collects guns, and uh, that's his business that he that he's in. So, um, and I and you know, they actually just moved uh, not out of that house, but a couple houses uh, since then. But they just moved recently and uh, dropped off a couple months ago tons of boxes of my stuff from when I was a kid. And long story short. About half of those boxes that were filling this this basement space up uh, were baseball cards and basketball cards, and <laughs> so so I've been a collector of things since I was you know pretty pretty small, and learned it you know picked it up from my parents, but I um, 
but yeah, I think there's something to that, man. I had a conversation with, with another buddy who's pretty into guitars, um, a while back and we were talking about that and, uh, you know, I don't think it's a prerequisite, but I think, you know, there are some of us who, um, sure. I have a lot of guitars or, or whatever now. Um, I'll say a lot. I don't, you know, not a lot compared to maybe Joe Bonamassa or somebody like that. (laughs) Um, uh, he probably has as many guitars in his bathroom, you know, or whatever, but, but I, um, but anyway, yeah, there's there's something about that collector hoarder um, thing, you know. That's just, I was going through my my ball cards and and I was like, I, I get it. Like now, looking back as an adult, looking back at how hard I went at collecting cards as a kid, I've always been a neurotic psychopath <laughs> when it comes to collecting things, and when it comes to, you know. Yeah, yeah, a collection, if you will. So, so yes, I, I think it's it's all interconnected. You're well on your way to getting your start to have open your own guitar store. So, you know, a segue to to, to get to the point, being amps right now is what uh, what have we been hearing so far, and what is behind you, you know, for the audience and myself. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot that's behind me, obviously, but what we've been hearing so far is and i'll kind of step out of the way here but what we've been hearing so far is uh this echo park um it's a it's a 45a is what they call that model um that's all we've been actually listening to so far okay Um, unfortunately since you know it's not real life right now and you guys aren't interviewing me at a show and i can't really turn everything up all at once uh you know (laughs) I just got the, I've got two mics amped up today. So, um, but th- this amp, I should say a little more about it. I mean, it's fantastic. It's, uh, you know, Gabriel at Echo Park, um, again, kind of like, you know, kind of like with the banker thing, yep. um, you know, someone else who I think is, is doing things, um, you know, doing cool, interesting things with, with old, designs and and uh you know so this amp is kind of based on loosely based on a brown face fender type of circuit it's got a voice switch that you can make it kind of more british you can kind of you can kind of get into that uh you know uh, early 70s marshall kind of territory with it too i suppose but uh but uh yeah this is the this is the uh, I said 45A that they call it that it's also called the Vibromatic. I think he only made about 10 of them. And um as far as I know, when I spoke to him last about this amp, he said uh I think Brendan Benson has the first one. Yep. This one is this one is number 2. And then I believe Josh from Queens of the Stone Age has a couple and I think Troy from Queens has a couple. And he said there's maybe two or three others kind of floating around out there. Maybe, <laughs> and uh, that that's kind of all he made of this particular amp. So, um, it's pretty cool, man. It's it's like forty five watts clean, sixty watts pushed. Uh, the cabinet is two tens on top and a twelve on the bottom. Ceramic speakers. I think they're warehouse speakers that um, maybe were custom made for him or something like that. Okay. And 
Yeah, man, it's just a it's a six L six amp. Also, I should say. Have we been hearing? I imagine since you kind of alluded to it, uh, we've been hearing the brown face circuit. We're not. You don't have it switched to the more JTM voice. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I've been kind of. Uh, I've just kept it on that. Okay. That that, that vibe. The other the other side of it is considerably uh, louder, so uh, it might mess my settings up if I. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I might bl- I might blow out the recording if I switch it for you live here, but um, but yeah, it's a it's a killer. It's a killer amp. Um, well, I, I also see a high watt, and that's you know, and that's Marshall Cabs mic. Is that something we would be hearing normally, like a, a, at a live show, or it is? And I and I did mic this. I was able to mic that one up so I could kind of show you, as I alluded to earlier, the thing that I do is, you know, is um, it's just me and a drummer most of the time, and so I, as you'll see when we get into the pedal board um, stuff. Um, I, I run sort of a, a bass type of rig, you know, and, uh, and, then I, and then I run multiple guitar amps as well. And so that particular setup right there is what I'm using currently as my uh, bass rig, if you will. Okay. And uh, I, I was lugging around uh, actual bass, you know, amps, SVTs and 810 uh, bass cabs and... Not only did I get tired of doing that, uh, but but I, um, yeah, I just I wanted to switch it up. So this is I'm running a hundred a hundred watt, you know, custom custom high watt one hundred into, you know, I like these tall Marshall cabs as you can see. I've got a couple of them. They were made in the early seventies. Uh, that one in particular, uh, they were originally eight eight by tens. That one has been modified and it's got uh 215s in it now. Oh wow. Um grayback, you know, JBL uh D140Fs. So, that's what I use for the bass thing if you want to hear just a bit of of that yeah, kind of sound. Absolutely. It's usually pretty gritty. Uh I'm usually running, you know, we'll get to the pedal part, I guess, and I could show that again, but So yeah, that's what that does. Cool. And and maybe you touched on it, I didn't catch it, but is that a newer production high watt or is that like a old 70s one? Um, it's kind of neither. It's um, the ones that I tend to like, and you'll see I've got a couple high watt heads too. Honestly, before I got this Echo Park, um, I was just kind of exclusively running high watts for the last couple of years. Um, and I still am using them. They're still a part of the, of the rig. Um, I say using them, using them in my basement, right? Um, <laughs> eventually using them at a at a venue near you, uh, hopefully. But uh, anyway, these are 90s, um, 90s high okay. watts. Um, they're considered, uh, they're, they're made by, they're, they're called the Audio Brothers era. Um, the high watt company has changed hands a bunch, bunch of times over the years. And from like 92 to 96 or 98, they were run by or made by a company called the audio brothers and uh, that's like the truest like uh reissues you know fully hand wired and and partridge transformers and all the original stuff that they did during the early highlight harry joyce era of you know the heyday um they did that all kind of again on these 90s high watts so i've got 
I've got the 100 watt and I've got a 50 watt as well. Yeah, if people want to see you, uh, you know, rocking them out in, in real life, or I guess in this type, it would be a video, but uh, the Keep It Close video has the, the double high watt stacks behind you. Yes, yes. And I did not push those over, notice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I love the high watts. I mean, I was a Marshall guy for a long time. I still, I still like Marshalls. I still, I've got a JTM 45 still, and obviously mostly Marshall cabinets. But um, I was finding them, you know, to be um, always kind of either too bright or too dark for me, even when I was jumping channels. And um, yeah, I mean, so someone recommended the high watts to me. And then a couple of years went by <laughs> and then I finally tried one out. It's not like an amp you see every day in, in Nashville, you know? Yeah. Um, so I couldn't just like drive up to, you know, whatever store here and try one out or buy one necessarily. Um, so I finally was able to get my hands on one and I was like, yeah, all right. My friend was, uh, was right. You know, this is what, <laughs> this is what I needed for the last several years. And now I have it. So, you know, there's just kind of a chimey, there's a chimey thing to them that's different. It's still, it's still British, but, you know, uh, almost like a marriage between, a, you know, a Marshall and a Vox or something. You get a little bit of the chime and the ringiness, um, sort of bell, bell-like at times, I think. Well, right on, Bones. Uh, I think this will be a good time to transition to pedals, and then you can kind of talk to us about how, how everything's, you know, working between the guitar and the air quote bass rig and how everything works together and just uh, show us the different sounds you got. Um, let's see. Well, um, my chain, you know, starts with a, a very interesting tuner uh, made by the Boss Company. Uh, uh, you know, the TU3 classic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then... Um, and then it goes into a, a Spaceman Saturn V. And uh, I use the Saturn V for um, just an always-on preamp kind of sound. I think it, uh, it adds a little, just a little sparkle or, or something uh, that I just miss when it's, when it's not there. So... Um, so going from there, we jump into um, a Pete Cornish um, ABC uh, splitter. And um, that's where things kind of sort of get uh, confusing and interesting, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but um, let's see, from there, you know, we go to... Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to uh, explain this... Um, in an organized fashion. And I guess what I'll do is I'll explain what we do for, what I do for the faux uh, bass sound, right? And okay. that is, and that is, uh, so one of the three channels from the Cornish box goes to a micropog. And the micropog I'm just using as, I'm just using the, the full octave down on that. Um, after that, it goes to, a rehoused uh big muff it's a it's a it's a tall font big muff specifically um and it was rehoused by a company called mike hill in uh in uh london i i believe um and um 
you know, the tall font big muffs are just kind of known for retaining a little more bass than the rest of the, uh, you know, the big muffs. Uh, I, I've, I've tried several different fuzzes and different, even specifically bass fuzzes in the position where that is now. And, um, you know, uh, I was running a like a Ren and Cuff makes a tall font big muff that's in a nice small enclosure, and that's a good, actually a really good box. I use that quite a bit. And then, um, yeah, my buddy Lamar in uh, South Carolina, um, I get some of my pedals from him, and I got this one from him. He, he, uh, he, he was like, man, uh, I got a rehoused tall font that I think you might dig, and he sent it to me. And he said it's it's like a little bit, for whatever reason. And he's like a big muff freak. He's owned probably he's probably owned thousands of big muffs. Um, he he buys and buys and sells pedals, and um, a company called Pre Rocked Pedals, by the way. And uh, and he uh, yeah he said this one kind of has more just a little more bass than most of the ones that I've uh, that I've heard. So I think it might work for what you're doing. So anyway, that's the story on that. And then I run to from there to a Sansamp, you know, base, base DI, and that just allows me to kind of have a little more equalization, and and it does, uh, you know, adds a, uh, it adds more of a round base feel, I think, to the, uh, to the fake base thing that I do, and uh, you know, I guess I could show you all of this just a little bit, kind of, yeah, what what happens uh, with and without. Uh, certain elements of it here. Let's see. All right, so here's like, you know, uh, without... And, and by the way, I almost always have the... I just keep the fuzz on. So the, the, bass, the bass part of the, of the live sound is just kind of crushing like the entire, <laughs> the entire time. For, for better or worse, you know, it's just kind of like... I've got, as you'll see when we jump over to the guitar board, I've got too much other stuff going on there to jump around on. So I just like the bass is kind of set it and forget it. You know, okay. like that's just kind of always what that sound is. Uh -huh. uh, but here it is like without the sands app. It's still cool, uh, but it's thinner, you know. So anyway, that's the... You know, that's the base, um, the base thing. Also, the, the Sansamp gives me the opportunity to send a, an XLR to the front of house so they can take, they can take the sound of all those pedals, um, you know, directly to front of house and hit like the sub, you know, the subs in house with, with that and, uh, you know, make it bigger. Yeah. So shake, uh, rattle people's, you know, stomachs. <laughs> Yeah, rattle there, everything, you know, hopefully. Um, <laughs> that's the goal, man. Um, so, yeah, that's, okay, so that's the, that's the, that's the bass-ish um, thing, right? Yep. And then, um, and then, so that's A. And then B, uh, B is just, what I used to do for my guitar amps was I used to run a, uh, just a dual mono, you know, uh, just a stereo image, you're not a stereo image, but you know what I mean, a, a double image of, of, of one sound. And <clears throat> who knows in, you know, I may end up doing that again at some point, but for the time being, what I'm enjoying doing is, um, 
is is just running one of the guitar amps dry all the time because my my main guitar sound always has a slap back happening okay as you may have heard earlier but but this uh the concept that i'm running now is basically it's the 100 watt high watt bass rig it's the 50 watt high watt through through an 810 cab that's like my main big guitar sound and then the direct always basically always on dry sound is just one pedal it's just uh an echo park echo driver running to the echo park vibromatic okay so so that's just you know it's just a dry let's see uh, got myself turned off here here we go just a you know it's a rock sound yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i don't know you know it's it's kind of uh yeah it's got a you know like i said gabriel i i, I think all across the board he's you know they're making cool stuff at echo park and um this echo driver actually the same the same friend same trusted friend that told me that i should check out the high watts um told me that i should check out the echo driver and he wasn't wrong because he knew that i i like i like the clon uh quite a bit and i've used the clon for several years now and um he was like dude uh, by the way this this uh friend his name is mark baggio uh mark said uh dude you gotta get the echo driver it's like a clon killer man and uh it's like okay whatever <laughs> and um but it 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 uh it's a it's a great, you know, overdrive pedal. I, I I push it a little beyond probably the, just what I consider to be you know overdrive. It's not a light overdrive by any means, but mm -hmm. it's it's an overdriven amp sound, you know, and it's and it's got a, the echo driver just kind of has, uh, you could tweak it a lot of different ways. There's actually even a couple toggle switches where you can you can run different diodes and kind of change the bias and stuff, and you could run it different. But the way that I like it is kind of um you know it's a uh it's like a it's like a pushed kind of marshall or something and so that's the b and and for these recording purposes what we're hearing today you would normally run your effects through the high watt but today you're running it through the echo park just to keep it simple yeah basically because i'm not technologically savvy enough nor do i have enough uh, uh an interface with enough inputs to give you all of the amps at once unfortunately okay. Just making so, sure. So, yeah, yeah, but uh, but so yeah, so that uh, everything, those two things that you've heard so far, that's the way that I would. Okay. Those are the pedals into the amps that I would use, and then um, and and like the Echo or the Echo Park, uh, the uh, Vibromatic. That's a that's a newer addition. Before, in the place of the dry amp thing, I was using. A variety of different amps, but some Fenders. I like Silverface, early Silverface Fender stuff. I've got like a '71 tw Twin Reverb that's kind of over there, and I've got a, I've got a Quad Reverb as well. Okay. Basically anything big and heavy that, you know, that will, you know, put me 
at, at the chiropractor, um, you know, bi-weekly. That's kind of <laughs> what I'm into, uh, apparently. But, um, but yeah, yeah. So then, yes. So I'll be showing you the rest of the pedals here. They'll be coming through the Echo Park, but okay. typically if this was a show or something, yeah, they'd be coming through the 50-watt high-watt. All right. So, yeah. Let's dive so, into, yeah, let's dive into the section, section C. Okay, section C. Here we go. Um, and I'll try to not be too long-winded with this. Um, section C jumps over, and the first thing it hits, actually, before it jumps over to the other pedal board, is, is a Pete Cornish uh, TB83 Extra which is a, just a treble, treble booster. So um, I'll show, I can show that maybe once, we, once I've got some drive pedals going on. But, uh, you know, yeah, um, there's a theme. The, you'll see a theme on my pedal board, and most of it is Pete Cornish. Uh, yeah, before, before I, we go any further, sorry to cut you off, Bones, how do you get turned on to that? Because really Pete is identified, A, with like, superstars but be more specifically like british players like he, he's based out there he worked with pink floyd so how did you as a missourian now tennessean get hooked up with pete cornish's <laughs> stuff and kind of get dialed into your rig yeah that's a good question because neither am i a superstar or british um <laughs> you know so um i just you know but again back to back to earlier in the in this conversation uh you know i my my big influences when I first started playing electric guitar were you know you know Hendrix sure uh, but but you know the British the British rockers you know so Zeppelin and and you know uh, Humble Pie and you know um, things like that so anyway I uh, and Clapton of course but yeah. uh, obviously I didn't have I didn't know who Pete Cornish was back then but I knew what the sound was that I liked. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, Pete, Pete's stuff, I, uh, to tell you the truth, my story with his stuff is I walked into Carter Vintage here in town, um, you know, a few years ago and they had like a ton of his pedals in there. And I think maybe someone had brought a collection of them in to sell. And I was like, man, those look cool. And wasn't really actually super aware of, of Pete's story and of oh. what, you know, his part in the whole thing, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and I, was, I was like, they look cool. Why are they so expensive? <laughs> and uh, which, I, you know, is most people's go to response when they when they see the price on them. And and uh, anyway, so I did. I needless to say, I didn't leave Carter that day with a bag full of Pete's pedals. I just kind of it piqued my curiosity. And as time went on, I found myself looking for them more and eventually finding some, um, at times when I could justify picking them up or something like that, you know? And so I, so over time I didn't buy, I, I didn't by any means go just buy them all at once. I'm not like the guy that goes to the tattoo shop and and gets my whole body covered in one session or whatever. Not that that's possible, but you yeah. know what I mean? I'm not, no, it's not that kind of thing. It's more of a, of a collecting aspect. Gotcha. Uh, and so, so yeah, I've sort of just pieced it together. And as you've seen with my guitars, I kind of find a theme and my amps too, really uh, find things that work. And then I end up with multiples of that thing. So gotcha. if anything, the story of my, the condensed story of my gear 
is, you know, is like repetition, I guess. Probably there were, you know, just my whole existence, you know, just repetition. That's it. <laughs> just um, that again. Yeah, just that, but more of it. Um, that's kind of that's kind of it. So, um, so yeah. So I, I like Pete's stuff. This, uh, you know, for anybody who's not super familiar, you know, uh, he's a British guy, like you said. He, uh, there's something about the Brits and about these guys who made things very properly. They were ex-military, like Harry Joyce, you know, and I believe. Pete as well. I could be wrong, but there's, you know, the, the way that the high Watts are wired, the way that these pedals are made, it's all just top notch. It's all like military grade, everything. And yeah, you pay more for it, but if you're really using it and beyond just the way that it sounds, which is fantastic, it's going to be durable and it's going to hold up to the rigors of the road. And I like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I used to break a lot of cheap pedals. I haven't ever had a single issue with the Cornish stuff so far. So, pay for what you um, get, my friend. I think so. I believe <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, let me see here, man. Um, jumping from that, I, we go over to my. You know, I jump across. That that is a s- smaller board that's always to the right side, and then I jump over to a slightly bigger board. And this is all of these things are things that go to my main guitar rig and my main guitar sound. So okay. the, fir- the first thing in that chain is a Pete Cornish NG3, which is like uh, just kind of an insane fuzz, gated fuzz pedal. Um, so here's that. Um. I use it for a couple songs. You can hear I'm not holding the strings down. It, it, it's, it's. Uh, I've got it set to where the gate is pretty heavy, and so it can go from like kind of a, you know, very fuzzy to dead silent with your hands, you know, off the strings, which is cool for a couple songs that I do where, you know, like this, for instance, like a. You know, you can like hit, have those little moments of space between something and a riff, and it's still uh, it's super gnarly when you're playing. But when you're not playing, uh, it's not like whoa, whoa, you know, feeding <laughs> back all over the place, which uh, which is cool, you know. Um, anyhow, and then my 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 chain kind of as far as the drive goes, and and there's a lot of drive pedals again because uh, my my reasoning for that being that i just um again more of the same right that's kind of my theme so just a lot of drive i don't have a lot of you know there's there's just some of these are uh very more than others but that ng3 is like crazy amp blowing up kind of sound and then there's just a cascade of different you know levels of distortion and fuzz and stuff kind of tapering down from there. So the next is, uh, the P2, which is, you know, which is his, um, it's one of his big muff things. Obviously Pete Cornish is known for his work with David Gilmore, for instance. And, uh, so the P2 is like, a um, kind of a Ram's head, big muff type of thing, a super, a super muff, if you will. Okay. 
Cool. Yeah. Is, can we hear that? Sure. Yeah, of course. And that one does do the humming back thing. Yeah. 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 It really is, man. Yeah. I use that one. Uh, I use that one quite a bit. And, you know, it's a one size fits all fuzz box if you need it, you know. <laughs> and that's uh, for the people looking at the photo or whatever that uh, is probably up now. Uh, this particular box that that pedal exists on is like a duplex with another pedal, two in one type of deal that he does. Um, and uh, the other side of that of that pedal, and I should just note, like these aren't connected in any way. They're just two separate pedals in one enclosure. Okay. The other side of it is uh, SS3, which is a soft sustain three. If I remember right, this is a maybe a circuit that he developed for like Lou Reed, and it's uh, it's cool, man. Um, this is just kind of a rock tone. I've, I I've read that it's sort of based on an MXR distortion plus. Um, but it's, it's anytime I just need like a rock sound, this is kind of my, you know, you know, a little extra juice. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, we got more. We got more Cornish. We got more <laughs> Cornish. Uh, from there, uh, the kind of next level under that, as, as far as drive goes, is the CC1 uh, Cornish Crunch. And that's, you know, I'll AB between that and the SS3. This is the SS3. You know, there's the CC1. More of like a, you know, overdrive kind of thing, I think. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then below that, um, you know, we've got, I've got this, uh, this old crusty uh, Klon uh, Centaur. Pretty similar to the CC1 in as far as how much drive, but the tonality of them is different. So that's kind of why I have both, at least for the time being. I'm always messing with stuff, but the one thing that doesn't ever come off the boards is the Cornish stuff and, and the Klon and occasionally... Uh, there's a couple other pedals that'll be I'll fool around with switching in and out you know but everybody knows what a clon sounds like so anyway yeah and and for for you does the clon stay on all the time or is that more the Gemini's job and the clon is just there for an extra flavor yeah the the uh the Saturn yeah the Saturn, the Saturn 5 is the yeah that's the always on I know some people use the clon as a always on thing but for me it's not for me I I actually I run the gain and the treble both up at around, you know, one or two o'clock, you know, which is kind of more, I think, than the people that use it as an always on. I think I know some people that run it like with the gain almost off kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I actually just I, I use it probably a little I push it a little harder than than those guys. And I just use it for if I need a, you know, if I just need a let's see. You know, uh, just a light distortion kind of sound. That's where that's where that comes in for me. 
Cool. What else you got on your yeah. board? All right. Um, and then, you know, a little bit of, you know, some modulation here. Um, from there, I, I do... Uh, Currently, I have uh, this pedal by uh, Endangered Audio Research, uh, the AD4096. Um, and those guys are based out of um, Asheville, I believe Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a delay. It's like a bucket brigade um, delay pedal. Uh, <laughs> run it for kind of a short a short delay kind of a echoey short delay thing mm -hmm. you know um that doesn't really see a lot of use honestly in my my songs like i was saying um because it's just me and a drummer i don't have a lot of time to get like ambient or weird you know i kind of got to sort of drive the bus down the road you know <laughs> so to speak so so yeah honestly that's a pedal that's landed on my board during the pandemic that i you know have been fooling around with because uh, I'm just playing just down here in the basement playing with myself, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing your own gigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, um, but it, it, it's a cool pedal. And again, another company that, uh, you know, I don't endorse them or anything, but it's, but it's, a, uh, it's just, a. Uh, I think they, they're making cool stuff and, uh, it has a kind of cool function too. Uh, you can do several different things with it, but it has a function. One of these momentary things where you can kind of like let let it get away from you a little bit. You know, it can get pretty wild, but yeah, it just basically you you step on that momentary switch and it and it cranks the feedback or whatever. That's handy if in case the bus, your metaphorical bus you're driving ever gets stranded and you need something to fill time, that, that will be the thing that <laughs> can help. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the, uh, the emergency brake or something like that um, <laughs> on, the, on the bus. Um, yeah, and it's cool, you know, as far as delays and echoes go and, and things of that nature, I am very much a, typically a tape, a tape delay type of guy. Um, and so actually, usually in the space that this is in right now, I have a, a boss uh, RE20 or whatever they call those, the Space, the space Echo uh, pedal. And that's kind of nice because it has the tap tempo. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, everything that's on my board on this board right now is all is all analog. And I and I do feel like that digital pedal kind of it kind of alters the tone of the overall sound when I have it on. So I kind of, yeah, I've kind of strayed away from it a little bit, but I, anyway, I used to have a space echo, actual space echo tape delay and I wouldn't tour with it, but, um, use it in the studio for vocals and guitars. And I love that sound. So I, I do think that that, that boss uh, pedal is pretty great though. And, uh, I wish someone would make 
a smaller enclosure pedal that kind of did that same thing. <laughs> that did it that did it well i wish boss i saw some i saw and i think it was a joke i think it was a cruel joke but i saw a, a photo online of like a boss um like a small enclosure like a like you know their regular size enclosure or something like that but it was like a wazacraft boss space echo and i think it was some nerd who was really good at at photoshop that really wanted to trick some people and like ruin their day yeah troll uh, got yeah got my hopes up man that that was a thing but if it, if that was actually a thing i'll buy five of them so <laughs> boss just know that you make that pedal bones has got a at pre-order least at least five will be sold yeah yeah pre-ordered so. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah man um so i guess moving on from there um this is another pedal that, that never leaves my board. Uh, the Screddy Echo. This is my always-on slapback sound. And it's just, you know, simply put, it's just, it's, it's, always, uh, it's always on, no matter what. Uh, just that short slapback. You know, like I said, it's just me and a drummer, so uh, just the little extra width that I can get out of that, you know, is... Yeah, I'll take I'll take what I can get, you know. Yeah. Just trying to make make the sound um you know, as big as uh big as it can be. But that's a great pedal and you can it can do a lot more than what I use it for. And um and uh you know, it's it's based on a it's based on a Echoplex, I think. All right. And is there anything else that's after the Screddy? There is. There's a few more things. Um let's see. I've got the uh this is actually a Rehouse um, XTS here in Nashville. Uh, Barry and the guys over there did this uh, Rehouse for me. Um, and it's, it's just a Boss uh, TR2 um, that, was <laughs> that was already modded once by JHS. And it, it had a second speed and a volume knob added. But the, the additional knobs were like on the top and the side of the pedal. So... <laughs> Uh, I took it to XTS and I was like, can you just, can we just get everything mounted on the top and, uh, you know, top mounted jacks and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, so yeah, it's, you know, I've got some, some other tremolo pedals and I, and I love, I love trim and I've got some amps that do a really great trim as well from the, you know, the fender stuff to the, uh, that magnetone up there. Uh, but, uh, well, that's not exactly a trim that it does, but anyway, um, you know, it's a, uh, you just can't beat a TR2. And I think the ones that have been modded, um, you know, by, I've got another one that's been modded by like Analog Man and this one that was modded by, by um, JHS and then remodded actually a little bit by, uh, um, you know, by XTS. It's just, it's a, it's a great tremolo pedal. I like the uh, I like the super squared off wave kind of thing as you can hear and that's what I prefer. But you know, then this one has a second speed. Just because it's a movement. I love that. Yeah. And there are times when, you know, I say I don't use modulation much, but there are times when I will kick, when I will kick that on in a moment. And uh, it kind of earns its place on the, 
on the pedal board, um, you know, in those little moments there. But, uh, um, yeah, I've got that. I've got uh, one other modulation pedal that I'm currently running, which is a uh, uh, Tonezar pedal. And uh, these are made by a guy named Ed Rimbold. In, uh, he's in California. I think he's in, like, around, like, Indio, Coachella Valley area. All right. Um, and, again, someone who's making stuff like crazy, crazy top-notch just you know all by hand himself and and uh <clears throat> he makes several cool pedals but uh this is called the halo phase um and it is like a uh you know it can do a phaser it can also do like a univibe thing right now i've got it set to kind of the the univibe territory that it does And then it's, uh, you can switch the speeds on it, um, and it's got like a ramp. So you can set the ramp and how fast and slow it ramps up or down, which is, which is cool. But anyway, yeah, that sees a little bit of action here and there. And um, yeah, he, again, he, he, uh, he's making great stuff too, um, tones are. And then, yeah, and then there's, one, there's just one more Pete Cornish at the end of the, of the chain, and, and that's a... Uh, um, a volume boost, the Pete Cornish NB3, and it's just a linear volume boost. One cool thing about all of the Pete Cornish stuff, uh, well, it's cool to me. Some people don't like buffers, um, but uh, you know, he there's there's a there's a buffer that he uses in all of his stuff that's just like crazy, crazy good, and um, you know, you can run whatever 50 foot length of cable or whatever you need and not lose any signal integrity you know which is cool so that's the last kind of bit on my board and uh you know that's just for boosting for a solo or something like that you know i could i kind of i have two options for a solo boost the the tb83 the treble booster booster and the nb3 but the nb3 is just like not going to color the sound i just want more and depending on how the night's gone or the show is gone or <laughs> how I'm feeling or how, how loose things have gotten that night. Uh, you know, the NB3 can also kind of just be that like uh, walk back to the amp and turn the volume knobs up a little bit and give it a little more, but like without having to walk back to the amps and touch <laughs> the volume knobs, uh, you know, it's kind of that. Uh, yeah. I think I'd like a little more of exactly what, what's happening. Um, uh, that's what that pedal's for. Well, man, uh, yeah. you, you know, you're taking a lot of your time this afternoon. I want to ask one, uh, get, you here, uh, get you out of here on this question, is I know that your music, your solo stuff has been kind of uh, more mel melodic and, you know, soft-spoken, and the new record and the material people have heard so far and will be hearing later in February is a lot more rocking and more, I guess, connected to your live show. And so my long-winded question is, was the formation of this faux bass and guitar setup with the multiple amps and the multiple directions of the pedal board. Was that something that's been in the works for a while? Or is that something that you wanted to bring in because I know that you spent time on the road with Rainwolf and he kind of has a similar double amp guitar 
drums set up where he fills up a lot of space with a lot of volume as well. Yeah, and and um, I don't think anyone would accuse you of being long-winded, by the way, at the end of this whole thing. If, it, if anyone is still watching this right now, if anyone has made it this far, then thank you. Uh, you know, I can talk a lot. I could talk for days about uh, gear and just probably you know, talk everyone to sleep, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, you know, interestingly enough, yes, I did a tour with Rainwolf. That's been, uh, over two years ago now. And that I was a three piece for a while. He, he, he's a three piece as well. Okay. Uh, but, um, but he does use a lot of amps and he does use, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of like me in the sense of that he's utilizing like I feel like as much as possible to make a really big sound with a small, small group, you know, mm -hmm. um, I was a three piece prior to that tour. Interestingly enough, I started doing the two piece thing. We started doing the two piece thing. Like that was the tour that we started it on. Okay. So, uh, so I started doing that just prior to, um, to doing a tour with him. Um, now, it's certainly evolved since then. And I was using different amps at the time. Um, and I figured out just like you do with trial and error with all this stuff, you know, things that work for me and, and things that, that don't, but you know, I would say everything that I've explained today is like, uh, is, uh, you know, are things that took me a couple years of tinkering with this to really figure out what was, what was going to work the best, um, for me anyway, for what I'm yeah. doing with it. I know there's several other people out there that do a two a two man thing and they have their own reasons for doing things a certain way. Um but um but you know, yeah, we we really actually became a two piece uh out of necessity because um trying to make ends meet and and things like that and basically trying to at the time touring out of an Econoline van and a trailer, we were like, man, we really, this is like a month long tour that we need to like not bring the trailer and we need to, um, you know, we need to put all of, we need to take all the benches out of the back of the van and load our gear up in that. And, and I mean, it was one of those scrounging kind of tours. We, uh, you know, but we, we had a lot of fun and we, we were figuring some stuff out and, you know, we slept in the front seats of our Econoline van, uh, like 90% of that tour, <laughs> you know, uh, from one getting from one place to the other. But, uh, but yeah, we, we did the two piece thing out of necessity at the time. And then it was, I've tried to add bass and things back in since, and it, it feels wrong straying from the, 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 the two man thing. There's something to all of the wall of sound of things happening in unison that I really mm -hmm. like. And when you start kind of having, when I start not having all of that behind my back, it feels very odd. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's like, where'd the bass go? Oh, it's way over there. Okay. Give me some in the monitor. That's nah, not the same, you know? So yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, it's just been, and who knows, man, but you know, a year from now or, or two years from now, if uh, we're all still alive and everything like that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we will, um, we'll see what I'm doing by then. You know what I mean? But I, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to necessarily be, be uh, boxed in and, you know, 
like that's what I have to always do. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is fun and the energy is fun. And, and there's, there's just, you know, my drummer Lance and I, um, play off of each other. And, um, there's a certain energy to that when that is lost. I think when you start adding other people into it. So awesome, man. Thank yeah. you again. And, uh, congratulations on the new record and, uh, keep rocking, man. Thank you. Take care, man. Be well. Be well, everyone.